Welcome to the Free Association Podcast. I am Donovan Bennett, and I am so happy to be talking to you. I'm ecstatic talking to you. I literally am because it's nice to be talking about sports, to be talking to someone, to be doing my job. It is nice to have a little bit of normalcy in what has become a very abnormal time for all of us, a tough time for all of us. And so thank you for taking the time to listen and please continue to like, favorite, subscribe and share. And please continue to reach out via social media. I've got so many messages talking to you, the listener, about how much it means to you to continue to listen and how excited you were that these podcasts continue to come and they will continue to come. The frequency may change a little bit, but we will do our best to get them to you as much as we can and also The technology has changed because we all are social distancing. So if it isn't as clean as produced as my voice doesn't sound as great as it normally does, we apologize. But I'm sure you understand our producer, our editor, our everything, Amal Delich, is making sure that the quality stays as close to as high as possible. And it is tough to concentrate on anything but COVID-19. So we will certainly address it in this podcast in the coming weeks, but we will try to work in some basketball angles when we can. We do actually have some sporting content for you, and that is in the version of some classics. We are running not just classic hockey games and baseball games. We are running the Raptors run to the NBA championship again on Sportsnet. So make sure you check your local listings to find out when that will be playing but one thing you won't have to check for because it's going to show up on your phone or wherever you get your podcast is the good show guys are doing a recap podcast of all of those great games looking at their old takes some of them are hot and still hot some of them were correct so the same places you get this podcast you can get that one speaking of content around those rewatch parties We're going to do just that. We are going to have a rewatch party. And so as a little secondary screen experience, myself, Basil Kamisa, Danielle Michaud, we will be watching those games with you live and interactive on our social media channels. And you can find us on Sportsnet's YouTube account. So one of the things you lose in sports is that camaraderie, that conversation, that fellowship. And so hopefully not only will we bring you some actual games to watch, we want to bring the community of sport to you as well. I mentioned Danielle and Faze, Faisal Kamisa. Both of them have covered the Raptors extensively this year. Danielle was a sideline reporter for us when the season was up and running. Faisal has done a bunch of features with the Raptors. I wanted their perspective on one, how they're doing, but two, how are they doing without sports, without basketball? And what is their take on what has been a very bizarre couple weeks since the games went away and now we are in this purgatory waiting, hoping that the games come back. My conversation with Danielle Michaud and Faisal Kamisa up next on Free Association. So we are now in week two of sports on pause or hiatus or... COVID-19 being more important than anything else in our lives. And so I need to reach out to my people for therapy more so than anything else. And the two people that I work with that ground me, that make me better and are a lot smarter than I are Danielle Michaud, also known as the first lady of Sportsnet Digital, 
and Basil Camisa. Your sneakerhead's favorite sneakerhead, first and foremost, how are you guys doing personally and professionally without anything to cover? Well, I'm pretty happy to be here, Deej. It's just nice to hear everyone's voices at this point because the self-isolating thing is a whole other realm. But I also have to say I'm in this weird place where you asked if I wanted to chat with you today on this Friday, and I had literally nothing I could pretend I'm doing to not come on with you. So this is a new, like, you know, trying to feel out how you make excuses to people if you're, like, not that interested. Luckily, I wanted to talk to you guys, so we good. I had to remember it was Friday because why couldn't it be another day given all of them are almost the same right now, you know? And so this is much needed for all of us, I think. And we just got to talk some things out, I think. Yeah. What difference does it make? What day is to be quite honest? All these days are the same. We are living in Groundhog Day, day after day. So I noticed this. It was a revelation as I've been to the grocery store probably more times in the last two weeks than I have in all of 2020. And I noticed in the frozen food aisle, there's like some specific fish stick brands that are not being picked up. Like if you're that company, how do you feel that in the time of crisis when everyone is trying to get, you know, baked goods or dried goods or frozen foods that people are still like, nah, that price needs to come down a little bit more before I, I deal with, not going to say the brand because they may be a future sponsor, this brand of, of fish stick. And that is kind of where we are in terms of if I reach out to you and be like, hey, I need you on the podcast. If you say no, that really, really means like you really didn't want to talk. Correct. That is a fact. And I need to know this fish stick brand ASAP because it's essentially the Brussels sprouts of frozen food because there were baskets of Brussels sprouts available if you had some hot recipe to give them a go. But not no one cares if like the apocalypse is upon us. They're not eating Brussels sprouts. Are Brussels sprouts that bad? Like when we, because it's going to get to this point, when we do the 64 team tournament of fruits and vegetables, is Brussels sprouts like a play-in? team i can think of a lot of things i wouldn't want to eat over brussels sprouts i can't think of 64 fruits and vegetable combined <laughs> so i feel like by default <laughs> it's making the bracket like it's making the tournament already you know I'm, it might be a 15 16 but like it's making the tournament for sure and going out early that's amazing before we dive into things that are not serious whatsoever i want to dive into the serious and and Talk about the, I suppose, elephant in the room. Uh, newsflash, we're in a global pandemic. Like, this is an episode of Black Mirror that we're living. How are you guys dealing with it mentally? Where, where are your minds at right now? Look, it's, and, and not to sound alarmist or anything, like, it's scary, right? Like, we've never lived through anything like this. And it, it's hard not to consistently be watching the news and watching a world leader give a press conference daily to update on what's going on and seeing things just almost getting worse by the day. And, you know, it's almost embarrassing that still some people are not taking it seriously enough. So I'm hoping that people, you know, have something hit them in the face that allows them to understand the severity of what it is we're going through right now, not just as people, but like as an entire globe. So I don't know, man, I'm mixed on my thoughts as usual, because it's difficult, but not everybody is seeing it that way yet. Yeah, I'm with Faze on that. I feel like whenever anyone asks how I'm doing or how I'm feeling, it's it's a huge wave, right? I go through periods where I'm reading things that make me feel optimistic or I'm seeing things that people are doing. 
And technology has been a big part of that, right? Like someone put a call out, a doctor put a call out on Twitter saying, you know, we desperately need these N95 masks. We need gowns. Can you sew? Can you, do you have a 3D printer? And you're seeing people respond or even just simple things like someone needing help with groceries, someone needing you to pick something up for them. And that gives me a feeling of like, we can do this. We can do this together. And then yesterday I go stand on my balcony for my daily fresh air and want to yell from my 17th floor at people who are in the park across the street and are just not getting this. They're children. There's 50 of them on the playground. They're all obviously touching everything. There's people close together. Like I just, you know, I felt nervous three weeks ago. We're at this point and I'm doing everything I can, including telling my parents and my friends and my husband to be so cautious. And if other people don't do that, what the hell am I doing right now? It feels, I know I'm doing the right thing, but it feels like if we want to come together and see this find a finish line, everyone has to buy in. And is it literally going to take the prime minister telling everyone we're locking you in your homes because you can't be responsible citizens on your own? Yeah, probably to be quite honest. That's the difference between us and some of the countries first comes to mind being China that have been able to, you know, stop the upward trajectory of this and curb it a little bit is like their governments are able to do things that our government basically isn't willing. Like we can't weld people in their houses. We can't check people's temperatures on the side of the street to make sure that they're okay. I know that the park scene across from your condo sounds bad. Uh, have you seen what's going on at spring break right now? Oh yeah. That's like, a whole other level. It is lit right now it, on any beach in Florida. And that's what's crazy to me about this thing is sports normally is this place where we congregate we come together it's, it brings out the best part of us like not too far from this time last year what were we talking about phase you were going across the gta going to these watch parties where people who look different and came from different socioeconomic baths grounds and religions and races were all together jumping and high-fiving and hugging because sports are so powerful and now not only is that not going to happen anytime soon i don't know when the next time it's going to be safe for that to even happen that's why this story is kind of trippy for me because sports has been this thing that has helped us get through hard times and now it's like the exact opposite sports could be the reason if they continued how this situation could get a lot worse you're so right, right? Like our greatest distraction from the day-to-day troubles is the thing we all get the privilege of covering and talking about on a daily basis. And so without said distractions, it leaves a lot of people to themselves, right? And it leaves a lot of people to have to think for themselves. And as we've seen, and I saw someone on Twitter tweet this out a few days back, like when this is all done, we have to have a conversation about stupid people because like (laughs) it's, it's the beach in Florida. It's the St. Paddy's Day parties at Queens. Like you're hearing young people talk as if they're invincible. And I don't quite get it, right? Like I don't quite get what's going through people's mind. And at times it's just, there's nothing else to distract them from their own state of minds. And that sometimes is just the most dangerous thing as I know that sounds really, really harsh, but just you mentioned the beach in Clearwater and that's a beach that myself and some of our colleagues, we go to every year because we go, we do the spring training trip and we just kick it there. And there was no chance in hell, obviously, we were going to do that this year. A, because basically you weren't allowed to given what was going on. And B, why on earth would you put yourself in a position with thousands and thousands of people given, even if you just know the bare minimum of what is going on right now, like why on earth 
would you put yourself in that position? And it's simply because you're ignorant, right? Well, a lot of people talk about the money they're going to lose too, right? Like that seemed to be the constant common factor with people that weren't necessarily like young kids. It was like, well, I paid X amount for this trip. And it's like, okay, I understand that. But it's so much more than that. However much money you spend, like look at the bigger picture here and what we're going to face over the next two, three, four months, definitely a year, like the entire world has changed. And there will be a new normal following this. And that's to say we're not even through like the thick of it yet. And you're concerned because you want to go have margaritas and sit on the porch. And it's like, yeah, that's great and all. But that's not what we can be doing right now. I'm sorry, you can't be that selfish and that ignorant. You're not going to care about the likes or the comments on your spring break bod photos on IG when you're sitting in ICU. And the scary thing about this specific virus is you could be a vector, you could be a carrier, and you may not end up in ICU, but because you didn't take care of things, someone else might. And Faze, you talked about the fact that after this, we need to have a conversation about stupid people. I think the other thing we have to do is after this, we have to have a conversation about brave people. Like, I honestly think that our healthcare providers, our teachers are underappreciated and underpaid. And now they have to risk their lives. And imagine how mad you would be if you were an ICU nurse right now and you know that there aren't enough masks and there aren't enough ventilators and there aren't enough beds and you're putting your life at jeopardy. You eventually could be working on some of your coworkers as as this thing gets continually worse. You're putting your family's health at jeopardy. And people out here being like, yeah, no big deal. It's just like the flu times two. I would be irate if that happened and I worked in those professions. The worst take ever right now is that this is the flu. Like I actually can't listen to that anymore. Well, I mean, we had politicians not that long ago, not naming any names, who were saying that they were ready to handle this and it wasn't a big deal and that it was being used as a political means, not as a means to alarm the masses on what was coming. So it's a terrible take, but it's it's one that we've heard, unfortunately. Well, again, here's a perspective from people that actually work on the front lines of this right now. I have a friend who's a doctor that works here in downtown Toronto. And, you know, she called me a couple of days ago and I was like, yo, you shouldn't be calling me because you're probably busy working. She's like, no, they had to send me home because like I cough just very briefly because I've been working basically for four days straight and I, I was just a little tired. And, you know, she's like, all I want is to eat chicken fingers. And I feel bad that they're training people in as residents from other departments to how to deal with this, because that's all everyone is focused on right now. And there's not enough ICU beds. There's not enough. There's not enough that. And it just became a vent session for her about the harsh realities of this and how difficult it's becoming to keep telling people to stop going outside and stop gathering with people and stop hanging out and stop lining up for video games. And that's coming from a doctor who only wants to be at work right now to help, but her herself can't be there because she coughed and that's too risky to do right now. But she coughed because she's had to work for 96 hours straight because this is where we are. Because as you said, we are in a pandemic right now. And so for anybody trying to undermine this, just talk to one doctor that's dealing with this right now. And they'll, their reality will hit you in the face and make you a little bit more aware of what's going on. Well, I think, and part of it is motivated by profit. But in a large way, us as a sports culture tried to undermine it. We had games scheduled for so long, only canceled them either A, when a player tested positive, or B, 
when they were forced by government or shamed to by the public we for a while tried to continue to play and then play with no fans and amalgamate what we knew as sports for as long as possible and then eventually it was like no yeah we we can't be doing this anymore but can sports in a way help the conversation i don't think rudy gobert thought he was going to be a huge touchstone for society to realize this was serious but in a weird way him touching a bunch of microphones and then eventually getting sick woke everybody up so that's where this has to go now right is you need athletes who have massive audiences especially of that younger demo who aren't taking this seriously right now and hope that they can spread the right message of what needs to happen right now like it's a bit sad to me that we're seeing so many positive tests amongst athletes and because all I can think about is like, they have the means to get tested, right? Like there's some very, very sick people in the United States right now who are desperately trying to get tested and can't and are being told to just stay home. One of those being Leo Routens, who was tweeting the other day about his experience trying to get tested. Him and his wife aren't well, can't get one. So while it's great that the NBA players are finding out their results, it's also, were they not isolating themselves prior to that? And that's why all of this is coming out now. I just have a lot of questions about where this is going. And it's imperative that they, with their audiences, spread the right message. And I think they are, to be fair. You know, it would have been, I guess, late last week where you find out that Marcus Smart also uh, contracted COVID-19, he had no symptoms or very minimal symptoms and still tested positive for it. And he's out here saying, guys, this is no joke. Like, this is no joke. And this is one of the toughest players in the NBA. Everybody would love to have this guy on their team. Don't even need to talk about it from a basketball perspective. Like, this is a professional athlete. And these guys are professional athletes. And NHL players tested positive as well. It's a professional athlete. And for anyone saying, oh, it's it's young people can't catch this. Like, I'm fit. My immune system's good. Guys, just look at what's going on, right? the most impeccable athletes in the world getting hit with this as well. And let that serve as a reminder to you. I know all of these things I'm saying end with the same message, but it's because, again, it's just upsetting that still people don't get what's going on. So I'll give you guys a couple options and you choose what you think is the most likely. Eventually, there's going to be a return to play and it'll be as normal with fans. We'll return, but we'll have no fans. Well, and Adam Silver has floated this out. Maybe we'll return just for some economic boost and some morale boost, and we'll have a charity game. Or, and I'm talking about the NBA specifically, but all these things are virtually the same questions for the NHL. The season's shut down. It's a wrap. Look to next season, and we'll try, if we can, to start over then. Your best guess on what we see happening in sports over the next however long is what i feel terribly sad to say this Steve, but i think the smart decision is to call this season a wrap as much as that sucks and i'm i'm obviously i am no expert i've done a lot of reading of sources that are trusted i've read every who article that's come out for the last month and i just feel like the latest estimations of when things will slow but then not only slow you know there might be a period through the summer they think that it will it'll feel like things get a bit better, but then there's going to be a second coming because this is just how these things work. And that's where I feel like seasons think they're going to get started again. And we learned very quickly that sporting events are just a breeding ground for this type of a virus that's so easily transmissible. So I just think they got to say this season is over to protect the safety of everyone involved with the teams and the fans 
and let's restart next year with a fresh slate. I'm convinced in some capacity it comes back, but I agree with Danielle that I don't think it should because, again, there's just still so many unknowns. And I know everybody wants it to get done. We want it to get done. Our jobs are this, right? Like our jobs are to talk about that more than it is to talk about this. And none of us would love it more than for it to come back than us, right? But I just think it's unsafe right now. It's not wise. There's still things growing every single day right now to the point where you know, more and more people have to self-isolate for two-week periods and you keep adding two-week periods and two-week periods and two-week periods. When does that end, right? So I, I think something comes back in some capacity, whether it's exhibition or not, but it would just be wise to A, not do it in front of fans and B, in my opinion, just not do it, period. I think obviously everyone involved wants it to come back and I think you're right, phase they're going to try. I just don't think it's possible. One, a vaccine is, depending on what you read and really depending on how the tests go, let's say anywhere from 12 to 18 months away. People are talking about, oh, we can play into July. Let's check for arena dates in August. Those are a couple months away. So that's one. Two, even if you did, let's say, we're going right into the playoffs, NBA, Stanley Cup, let's get it. Well, one, the entire league would have to not test positive for a long period of time. That means the coaches, the support staff. Two, you would have to basically keep the entire league quarantined so that they continue to not test positive for a long period of time. I just don't know how logistically you could do that. Plus, you need people to run the buildings and arenas. Are we doing this on TV? If you can only have 250 people in a space, how are you having TV crews? Until we find some level of normalcy, I don't see how it's possible because the barrier of entry that you have to clear to get the games back on for someone, a commissioner, to step in front of a microphone and say, yeah, it is safe now for me to profit off of this sport, I think is a lot higher than it is for a commissioner to say, yeah, we're going on hiatus right now. So I I would love to see a Labor Day NBA Finals. I just doubt that it's going to be possible that quickly because of the way the trends are going and how logistically it would be a nightmare to actually execute. So here's where I've, and I don't want to say struggled because it's not a struggle. Like the people who have been laid off who work in the travel industry or the restaurant industry, like they have struggles. But here is where I've had a relative struggle is I'm still an employee. Sports is an escape for our viewers and our our audiences on all channels. I still want to create, and I still have that itch to find something to cover, to talk about, to write. But at the same time, part of me is like, who cares? Do I care? Does the audience care? Is all of this trivial? How are you guys who are both very creative and both are like the Amon family from In Living Color, you guys have like six and seven jobs. How are you guys dealing with figuring out this new landscape? Well, on one end, I agree that it seems very trivial to think of how can we create content in a time like this, right? But the reality is like, it's, it's still our job to try to entertain, right? Like as much as we started this podcast by saying, yes, sports are a means of distraction. Well, we are the catalyst for delivering those distractions at times too, right? So I think, you know, while yes, a big part of me is like, you know, what are we doing? A second part of me is like, no, like my job is to try to, you know, make people feel a little bit better about what's going on. So in the most respectful way possible, let's try to do that. It's been difficult to figure out what the means to do that is. It's been a little challenging to figure out how exactly we go about 
creating content, as they say, but it's a nice challenge. And look, it's not like this is going to end anytime soon, as harsh as that sounds. So it's a good time to sit and think about your own uh, capabilities. And, and that's for everybody in any industry, in any field that you're doing, like, you know, have some introspection and, and, and learn a little bit about yourselves and challenge yourselves to come up with something creative. I'm, I'm not there yet. But you know, I'm hoping over the next you know few days, there's something that hits my mind that allows me to make people feel a little bit more entertained during this harsh time right now, you know, and selfishly for myself, just sitting on this call with you guys and hearing your voices and talking, even if it's a topic that's that sucks right now but is a part of what we're all experiencing just makes me feel a little better so i hope that if us talking about things whether they be completely um you know silly like if we're ranking vegetables and fruits maybe that gives people you know an hour escape to laugh with us or just not be glued to kind of the despair right now and that's been my biggest challenge is how do i how do i have construct my day so that i don't sit in the ish all day long because I, I can't it's too hard mentally for me and I need to you know feel a bit of reprieve so for me the, the work meetings over FaceTime and the, the conversations with my colleagues have made me feel better and have allowed my mind to focus on things other than you know the big picture all the time because it becomes very you know it wears you down So we've got some new things for you this NBA season. And no, it's not just Terrence Davis playing so well. We have a newsletter that will break that down and so much more. Our weekly newsletter from NBA editor Stephen Leung. It gives you original content, opinion, analysis. You can't find it anywhere else. And it is delivered directly to you right in your inbox. Sportsnet.ca slash newsletters. Just subscribe and we got you. What have you guys been consuming? What are you binging? Yeah, let me lead this off because there's been a range of things in my TV consumption and, and movie consumption over the last, I guess, week or so. It started with Love is Blind, okay? You guys put me on to yeah. it. Let's while, go. While you're doing it like <laughs> real time, it took me what, 1.5 days to finish all of it. All Correct. of it. And I have some thoughts and I'm hoping we can delve into them at some point. Because it's that good, Whether son. you're a sports, because it's not great at all. And we'll again, we'll get into that. Whether you're a sports fan or not, F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix is just incredible. It is as gripping of reality television that you get. Yes, it's intertwined into sports, but my goodness, it is so good. It took me two days to do both seasons, 20 episodes, because I could not stop watching. They make the drivers, the crews, the tracks, everything seems so appealing. I was completely, completely hooked. And now I'm already like, man, they're canceling races in F1. Like they're going to have a shortened season. That sucks for this driver. That sucks for this driver. We had two Canadians supposed to drive in F1 this year. That sucks. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm going to be the F1 expert, you know, whenever the hell we get back to the office. I uh, did that. Trying to embrace my culture a little bit as well. I had dedicated my account to a Bollywood account for a night last week as well. Lost a bunch of followers. Didn't care about that had some fun with that as well and so look there really is no wrong answer right like there's the time in the world to watch every single thing and i'm making sure i'm doing it i would say i've watched some things i never in my life thought i'd watch which included marble racing and whoever the guy is that is doing the play-by-play for the marble racing well done sir because i watched entire 
races, the Marbula one, I believe they're calling it. And uh, it was excellent. I also have to say, I think phase, I think you retweeted this and I will try to find it to retweet it again. I know everyone's setting up these sweet trick shots in their houses, but the one that has the cat that almost steals the ping pong ball and then it still goes in was like the most biggest range of emotions I've had watching one of those trick shot videos. It was excellent. I absolutely loved it. So I actually have been reading a lot more and here I thought you guys know, I live to just sit and watch Netflix and TV and binge movies. And I've actually been trying to read a lot more. So I've been chipping away at my book collection. I've got a couple that I hadn't, had a time to get to and now I got nothing but time so I'm reading away and it's very enjoyable and relaxing listen I was born to social distance like in terms of just being able to binge yeah like you don't gotta ask me twice fleabag is something meh but I'm not a quitter I'm gonna get through it quick six episodes per season that's on Amazon Prime and also I will have you know that thanks to Rogers Ignite you can go right from your TV straight to the Amazon app to the Netflix app I'm a Rogers employee proud of it Um, so that's on Prime just on like demand I've been sleeping on succession and many people told me I need to get into succession so I crushed that Uh, cousin Greg is cousin Greg is a G Tom is a waste man I hate Tom how do we feel about Shiv though how do we feel about Shiv she confuses me because I feel like Shiv makes decisions that Shiv wouldn't make if that makes sense like for example marrying Tom Mary Tom is all business, right? Like it feels like every decision she makes is oriented around business decisions, right? Like Tom is, come on, like Tom. How does Tom help her business? She's carrying Tom. She's literally carrying Tom. He's a liability. Did you see him in front of Congress? She she knows she can get away with anything with Tom as her husband, right? She can go and do whatever the hell she wants because that guy loves her unconditionally for reasons I still also don't understand. And so, you know, like all the siblings are very conflicted here, right? Like, first of all, the ending in itself. I won't say what happened, but man, first time, like you just get the, the hint of the Logan smile at the end as it cuts to black and you're like, yeah. Can I offer up something both of you are going to hate, but I, I want you to just stick with me here for a second. It's an old show that I want you both to dive back into because I know I'm one of very few who is still hanging on. I had this conversation at Sportsnet not that long ago. But Survivor is where it's at right now, okay? Because it's season 40, winners at war. It's the best of the best. Every single player that's on this season has one Survivor over the past season. So it's we're talking all-star game type scenario. And I don't know, it feels like the most electric live TV you can watch right now because you could bet on it with maybe whoever you're quarantining with or your buddies on your FaceTime chat every week and see who you think is going to get kicked off. And you can watch all of it on Crave right now. It's all on demand from episode one. And I would like you guys to give it a go again. I think you'll enjoy. Listen, I don't disagree. Survivor is strong. It's like the cockroach of reality shows. Like it it's, <laughs> will survive literally anything. But the issue is, and you said it, it's season 40. Like you kind That's of know it, right? how things That's are going to go. In the economics of what we're going to watch, the supply and demand, I know there's going to be another season. I know someone's going to get backstabbed. Someone who sucks is going to get carried to the end but have no chance of winning at the final three. I kind of know the plot, so it's not driving me to watch it like, for example, maybe Vanderpump Rules. What is Lisa going to do with these with, with these kids who, who have houses in West Hollywood, but they're bartenders? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> these are things I need to know, thanks to Andy Cohen, right 
now where survivor yeah like I, I could get into it now or i could watch it like two years from now it's gonna be the same thing it's also difficult to watch survivor when you're living through it right now you yes, know it, yes. it feels like we're all going to go through it together right now and so like look i'm not trying to watch myself like i already feel uncomfortable watching myself on television i'm not trying to watch a plot that kind of similarly following what we're doing as a society here so uh yeah man like vanderpump i think i'd give that a try over survivor for sure if you like Vanderpump, my second suggestion would be Below Deck. If you guys haven't watched Below Deck, also great. It's uh, reality-based on boats, either a yacht or literally a sailboat. And it's the poor crew having to put up with different sets of passengers each episode. And actually, Jamel Hill was a passenger one week, and it was freaking awesome. It was a two-episode uh, in Below Deck with Jamel Hill, and it was great. I can't do below deck. Like, that's just too far. Like, love is blind. Let's go. Let's get, is love blind? I want to know. Let's figure it out. Let's have these dates in the pods and people are taking notes, coming up with who they should be with. They're making changes throughout the show like they're Nick Nurse in the playoffs. I'm all about love is blind. Although I will say that the Lachey's, they actually made Jeff Probst some money after their performance. Jeff Probst was like, oh, really? Is that easy? I'm out here doing play-by-play of competitions and hosting the show, and I'm stirring the pot at Tribal Council, and these guys show up like two and a half times for the entire episode, and then they host uh, at the end of it. Uh, What a mess. Chris Harrison also, like stealing money, by the way. Like we need some cap smoothing so Chris Harrison should give some money back because he's making way, way too much money. I will end this maybe with a little bit of basketball talk. Since we are going to be binging, and since you, you can, as I said, I'm a company man, get that Ignite remote, just speak into it, call up some movies on demand or rent them for cheap prices. I need your top five basketball movies in this time where we have to stream. I will warn you because, as you guys know, if they're not good, Twitter will come for you. The associates, the listeners of this podcast will come for you if you don't come correct. You have been warned. I'm ready. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, He Got Game is probably five. Four would be, I actually watched it this week three times. Love and Basketball, which is one of my all-time faves. Three, Space Jam. Pardon me, Mr. Jordan. Can I have your auto Your John Hancock. What's going on here? We need your help! I watched Space Jam this week, too. Two, for me, which is going to throw both of you for a loop, is The Sixth Man. It's like one of my all-time faves. Please tell me you've both seen it. No, I have not. You haven't seen The Sixth Man? It's great. It brings me back to better days, I guess. You better redeem this list real quick. Well, you got the the Whoopi Goldberg movie where she's a coach of the New York Knicks? What's that? (laughs) No. Eddie? Eddie? Um, White Man and White Man Can't Jump is number one. Hey, Chump. You want to run? You mean play basketball? No, we mean ice hockey. Get your tied butt up here, Gretzky. Face, please redeem us, please. Oh, listen, my, mine's not going to be much better. I promise you that. All right, coming in at number five. Is it a baseball movie? Is it a basketball movie? We don't know. Let's combine the two. Let's call it basketball, okay? Oh, Let's call it gosh. basketball. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're going, we're going off the board here, guys. We're going off the board here because you know what? Everybody knows about everything else right now. And... I feel like it's my responsibility to give you something a little different, okay? All right. Coming in at number four. Have you heard of Uncle Drew? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's go with Space Jam at four. Pretty good movie. Not very, like, great plot-wise, but just just fun. Just fun. Also, fun fact. Saw this on Twitter. 
nobody that had their power stolen in Space Jam ever won a championship ring. Wow. Which is crazy because nice. they got players that were stars of the game at that time and none of them ever won. So watch that with a grain of salt when you rewatch that movie, okay? I think I'm at number three. Uh, Love and Basketball is just an all-timer for me. All-timer, all-timer, all-timer. I don't like that we're repeating stuff, so I'm just going to leave out White Man Can't Jump, even though I think it's really good. Is Teen Wolf on the list? I'm not sure, guys. I'm not not 100% sure. I'm going to go off the board here at number two and go Basketball Diaries with my boy Leo DiCaprio. Okay? Just a movie about life more than it is about basketball. That's what I kind of like here. Uh, Number one, Coach Carter. Let's go. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. So at number five, and I'm sad that you guys did not have this on your list, but I will rectify it for our listeners. Sunset Park at number five, strong basketball movie. At number four, Coach Carter. Uh, At number three, He Got Game. I mean, Jesus Shuttlesworth has to be on this list. At number two, and this could be bias, The Way Back with Ben Affleck. Mm. I interviewed him for our friends at City. I wouldn't say he's my boy, but shout out to Warner Brothers Canada who hooked it up. Can I ask you a quick question while we're on that note? Who is motivating you before the championship game better? Coach Carter or whoever Ben Affleck's character is in The Way Back? Interesting question. I don't want to... I don't want to spoil the movie. I'll just say Coach Carter because Ben Affleck's character may or may not be around by the championship Ooh, game. okay, well. You'll have to watch it whenever we're allowed to be back in theaters <laughs> to find out. Uh, and at the top of the list is Blue Chips. Are you kidding me? Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Hardaway, Nick Nolte securing the bag. It's basically the program, but it's basketball. And then we had those guys on the same team in the NBA. It was a precursor of some sorts. Yeah, no, it has to be blue chips. Slick, what up, man? Coach Bell, Neon Bedell. Hey, bro, how you doing? All right. Neon, did you ever think about going to college? I thought about it a few times. So what's been snubbed here right now? I see a couple dogs. I see a couple dogs that have been snubbed. Air Bud and Lil Bow Wow and Like Mike, all right? I feel like they both got the snub here. Just Right with, with Common was snubbed. Nah, man, that movie sucks. <laughs> Rebound with Martin Lawrence was snubbed. Uh, Rebound Thunder- is also not that good, man. I'm sorry. Th- Thunderstruck with Kevin Durant was snubbed. I had it. The air up there was snubbed. <laughs> he is SN Faisal Kamisa. You're not doing anything else. So if you're not following him, give him a follow. She is at SN Show. Get it right. She used to be City Michelle, but she's Sportsnet now. Gang, gang. As I leave you guys to do whatever it is you're going to do with your quarantine days, what can we look for from you, if you know, uh, over the next little while from a content perspective? Well, I have a couple of top five lists of my own that we're going to get going here. Some fun ones, hence why I had the basketball movie sort of top of mind. We've got today top five sports movies to stream and top five Raptors nicknames are the first two that I've got uh, cooking. So I'm going to be doing a bunch of that top stuff. Five, of top five ever? Yeah. I look forward to arguing on the internet coming back because of this. It has to be Matt Bonner, the Red Rocket, does it not? Like he of took course the he's TTC. on that list. Don't you worry. He, I mean, it's not Mo Pete. That's just like an abbreviation of his name. Faze, what do you got on the go? 
Look, I'm I'm having a lot of fun rewatching all these Raptors games uh, through the playoff run and live tweeting as if like things are happening in real time. So getting a lot of interaction because of that. We're, we're working on a couple things here and there, Deej, like I said, but mostly you can just find me online being an idiot as it would be a normal day. So just have some fun with us. We're trying to just have some fun together. So can I say it feels like a lifetime ago that FaZe and I were yelling at DJ after game one against Orlando? It feels you like five why. years ago, to be honest. <laughs> it does. I floated this up to our boss. Hopefully it happens. You know what we need to re-air ASAP and look for this on Sportsnet, hopefully if it gets done? The 2000 dunk competition with Vince Carter. I'd prefer to watch that over any of the NBA Finals games, aside from maybe the last one. But again, I kind of know what happened. I'm the worst at watching like games in 30. Like I just, I, I don't care. I don't rewatch movies. I don't rewatch sports. But in this time, I'm at the point where I'll watch everything except for Airbud. You guys are always game. We're getting through this together, but I'm glad that you two brought me to the final three as we had a Digi Squad Alliance. Thank you so much. And please share what you're doing socially because I'm vicariously living through you guys.